through consciousness development, you start to become aware of different layers in reality. You can access wisdom. Confront the unknown courageously. Speak truth. Have enough integrity so that you can break the rules when it's necessary in the service of a higher good. To know that is to be human. You need to be extremely passionate about what you do. And if you're passionate about what you do, then this will infect others. A lot of people are slaves of their fears and their patterns, but it's very important that you are free and authentic. If you have the ability to empty your mind and perceive, mm -hmm. then you can see. Actually, it's inside out. Start with yourself and then you will be more capable of, of looking at the outside world. We have to really slow down and ask ourselves what are we doing here and what, what responsibility we carry for future generations. I am Joel Anagor and this is the Awake Origins podcast. Here to break down the misconceptions about success and happiness. Bringing you inspiration from awake leaders, entrepreneurs and creators to empower you to create your life from the inside out. Wildrick, great to have you here on the podcast. I'm looking forward to this. It has been a while since we've seen each other last time. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I think it's been almost two years, have we said, yeah. uh, since we last spoke. Um, yeah, a lot has been going on, obviously, in the last uh, year. Everything that I'm involved in is um, based around the same principle, is bringing people together physically and then providing an experience so it's been a very interesting time uh, to say the least um, but um, it's all also been a very um, nourishing time uh, I have a family I have some kids um, and yeah, during this time when there was less work let's say less pressure from work um, there was a lot of time and space to spend with, with the family and with the kids. And um, it seemed somehow, at, especially in the first period, in the first lockdown, that um, life slowed down a mm. little bit. And uh, that was very beautiful to see because it was basically a, a forced retreat for yeah. the whole world for uh, for, uh, for so a while. So you could there. you could appreciate it at that point. I could really time. appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Even though, yeah, like you said, it's hitting hard in the things that you are financially. Working. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, that's part also of entrepreneurship, right? That uh, sometimes you have setbacks. And then, all right. So how are we going to handle this? Right? How how are we going to uh, turn this around and, and see if we can use crisis also uh, as, a, as a spark mm. for something new. Yeah. Well, maybe we will, we will touch upon that later. What I would like to do is dive into your life story. I think you have a mind-blowing story as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur as a, let's say, dance pioneer. Uh, building a huge company with uh, uh, Q-Dance and later on with the merge with ID&T. Uh, but later on also your own personal growth, your awakening and what you've created with Mandali Retreat Center, which is by far one of my favorite centers in the world. I think I've been there at least four or five times now, both as a participant and with Awake Origins as a facilitator. Um, so I would like to dive into how you've come to where you are today and what you're working on today, if that's okay for you. Sure. And what I'm curious to, and I think we never talked about that, is how did you grow up as a as a kid, and and how did that uh, uh, how did that context make you and who you are uh, as an adult? Uh, it's an interesting question, and uh, I think a couple of things uh, come to mind, um, and that's um, the the word that comes up for me is freedom. Because um, I experienced a lot of freedom as a kid. Um, I could do anything I wanted to, let's say. Uh, I could roam the streets and play outside with my friends. And, uh, and where did you grow up? In a very small village in Edam. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about 30 minutes from Amsterdam. But um, it's very close to Volendam, which is, has a big... Uh, port like a, a harbor 
a lot of fishing there. There was always a little bit of competition between uh, the Adam and the and the Valendam youth. But uh, there was a lot of uh, f- freedom that I experienced and in more than one way also because I know how my parents were uh, raised. Uh, they grew up on a farm. So there was also a lot of freedom there in that mm. respect. But uh, they were raised very religiously in a small town. So it was uh, not so free. Uh, there was a lot of uh, scrutiny, you know, if I'm using the right word. Um, that people were always looking at you, right? At, uh, so this is what they were taught to always be mindful of what people see from you. So they had to behave in a certain way and uh, they weren't allowed to ask questions. It was told to them, all right, this is how it is. You don't ask questions, you just listen and you just follow the rules. And um, we because I have two brothers, uh, we, we got that freedom. We got to ask questions and uh, we got to have a, an honest um, uh, discussion also with my parents about mm. why they believed what they believed. and uh, So uh, both in terms of physically being able to sort of roam uh, the, the the area where I was living and, uh, and 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 have a sense of freedom there, also in in terms of growing up uh, and and being able to talk about some of the questions about life that I had as a as a kid growing up growing up, that we could actually talk about that with my parents. Yeah. And how has that freedom defined you? You think in the way you act as an entrepreneur or human being. Uh, I think I still see life as a big adventure and um, that uh, no matter what is going on, uh, there is there's always possibilities. Uh, there is never um, a dead end, you know, it, it's never like you're in an alley and uh, yeah, dead end, there is always sorry there is always you know this wider vision with possibilities left and right and up and down and you know everywhere and has this always been a part of you or is this something you've learned over time that there are always possibilities i think it's it's always been a part of me because i I think it's part of everyone right you see it more in kids and we somehow very often lose it when we grow up and um, it it almost feels like it also in my whole um, journey of uh, you use the word awakening. Uh, um, it, it feels like awakening is a, like a process, like a lifelong process, mm. and uh, and and during that process, it feels like I'm uh, sort of regaining that sense of freedom and adventure that I had as a kid, and um, it's, I'm trying and being more uh, uh, able to also really use that in everyday life. Can I give an example? Um, yeah, well, if you look at the, the, the last period with the with the with the lockdowns, um, um, yeah, like I said, every project that I'm involved in, and I mean, I'm I'm always I'm just a part of something, right? I never do anything uh, alone. It's always uh, as part of a, a group where you know, with every project that we're doing, we're we're a, a group of people. And uh, everyone has um, um, yeah, their part in the whole, let's say. Um, but in every project that I'm involved in, you know, everything was completely shut down because people weren't allowed to, to come together physically. Um, and um, during that period, you know, a, a lot of new ideas um, Yeah, I think uh, because the new ideas generally, you know, seem to pop up anyway. Mm. But because of the lockdown now, all of a sudden there was space for these things to 
all right, well, we have nothing better to do. Let's let's try, you know. So um, um, new ideas and new um, yeah projects came to life during that period of lockdown. So, so what happens to you when the shit hits the fan? And when at first it may look like, okay, this is going into the wrong direction. And then new opportunities start to arise as soon as you're open to it. How, how does that process work for you? Do you feel um, annoyed in the beginning? Or what is, how does it work emotionally for you? Well, if I look at the process, let's say, um, at first, there is sort of this sense of um, trying to grasp, okay, what is going on, right? W- what is w- what is happening right now? So stand still for a moment and trying to sort of see what what is going on. Um, that has. Um, maybe an effect of holding back a little bit then trying to make sense of it Um, and I think there in that moment is also where that shift happens right because the, the first part there is some fear right that that is uh showing up which has uh, sort of that um freezing effect let's say well okay what are we going to do mm. <laughs> but then then that shift uh i really feel that shift happening as, um, where i sort of all right so the, the this is it um so there's acceptance there. Yeah, then? acceptance. So accept that situation. All right. So this is this is it at the moment. Okay. So accept that situation. So we can th- really literally like throw it out of the window. And, all yeah. right. So that's a given. Now what? And then um, it, it's in that moment it feels to me like yeah, there's a world of opportunity. So what are we going to do? So that there is excitement then. Mm. So the fear is is sort of swapped for excitement. Yeah, I can relate to that. I had it in the first period of the lockdown. I was blissed out of excitement for I think two months. Yeah, all of all of the shit that was hitting hitting the fan was happening, but also all these opportunities, and I knew that it was new things would come up that otherwise would not have be able to come up. I love that feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, you know what they say, never waste a good crisis. Exactly, yeah. Where in your, um, what happened in your teens? When did you, uh, when we look at the first part of your entrepreneurial career, so to say, um, where did that emerge? How was that born? Uh, in high school, I became friends with uh, who's still my best friend. Uh, and um, everything that we do, we always do together. Uh, obviously, there's more people involved, but you know we always do everything together. And what what in high school what resonated between the two of you? Why was that click there? Um, when we first met in, uh, yeah, we were in the same high school, obviously, but and um, we were in not in the same class because we had a couple of different classes of the same year, so we were in different classes. And uh, so I remember when we sort of first met, there was, all right, so either we're going to fight or we're going to become friends. And we became friends. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you were, be- how old were you then? Uh, so that was 12, 13. Okay, that early. Yeah. So we've been friends now for uh, 34 years, something mm. like this. So you grew up together for in, in those years? Yeah, and then by the end of um, uh, this high school period when we um, 
sort of graduate graduated of uh, out of high school we uh, we wanted to organize a, a party and uh, so we did a little party it was very small obviously for just a couple of people from the from the class but we really enjoyed doing that what kind of party just a, a celebration you know mm. right we we finished uh, we finished high school and uh, yeah when you know with most people you're not going to see them again so yeah a sort of a, a celebration of the the completion of high school and this was then 50 people or something or what yeah 80 something like this yeah. so it was very very small but um, but we really enjoyed doing it and um, so uh, there was a spark there wow this this is nice uh, nice hobby so it really started out as a hobby. So um, next to a friend of mine who was very close here, uh, he went to the IFA, which mm. is around the corner. Uh, and um, well, a couple of other friends, we were with a small group. We started doing these uh, parties during our time where we were still um, doing um, education uh, because we were still very young so we had sort of the follow-up uh, education uh, and some of us had a, a, a job already and uh, but so it was a, a really an on-the-side thing dance parties how, yeah. how, how would you call it back then yeah it was really the early days yes it was a dance party yeah I think we always had with everything that we did we always it was very sweet obviously back then because it was very small and very we didn't really know what we were doing in terms of building a company because we were not busy with that at all you know it mm -hmm. was really just the the passion of giving a, a just a fucking good party yeah right was it also about the music for you or was it the organization of the party no, it was always also very much about the music. Yeah. yeah, we've always been very much exploring the music and then the feeling that you could get from music because there are so many different genres that um, touch so many different uh, feelings and emotions in uh, in in people. That 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 has always been a, an exploration. Yeah. So you started doing these parties on the side and. What happened? We did that for a couple of years. Uh, ended up putting uh, most of our uh, savings in it, and then the savings of our girlfriends at the time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, because we weren't always successful, but uh, but we really loved what we were doing. So we just wanted to keep on going. And uh, I remember uh, we had a, a conversation <laughs> at one point with my parents where uh, I said, so, okay, I know what I'm going to do now, you know, I'm going to give parties. I said, oh my God, <laughs> son, th there is no future there. You know, they didn't, they, they had a really hard time believing that, you know, you could make a living out of, out of that. They said, oh my God, he's going to you know out of the out of the window now yeah. with his parties and uh, you know that's that's never going to work but uh, but we really felt that this is what we want to do and still it was much more about the the, the content so the, the the product let's say it was really about just giving the best parties that was what we wanted and we were not very busy even even then when we made that step of saying okay now we're going to quit jobs and education and okay we're going to do this this is how we are going to make our living somehow mm. so we weren't really busy with building a company we were just building the best parties <laughs> Was it a very natural step to, yeah. let's say, go in, or did it feel like a risk? Yeah. No. It, yeah. Well, obviously, it is a risk, but uh, but it it always felt like the the natural step. Hmm. Um, and it's funny that you use the term "all in" because we always <laughs> use that term "all in" uh, because it's the only way we know how. Let's say if we're going to do something, we we go all in, right? No. Uh, sense in doing something like yeah, half. Yeah. So what did what did that mean in those years to go all in? Yeah, just diving in blindly and 
acting from the we always said we had uh, yeah, buikgevoel you know, uh, the, the gut feeling yeah. let's say and then trusting that everything will turn out alright somehow because um, it, it, it was the only thing that really felt right to follow that feeling right to follow that passion follow the gut feeling follow the, the, the heart right because the pe- passion I think comes from the heart have you been have you always been able to keep following that gut feeling that heart well it is my sense of guidance let's say hmm. uh, obviously it's also very easy to sometimes stray and get distracted or um, off balance let's say uh, but it's always where I can uh, sort of tune into and go back to and uh, yeah it's my sense of guidance let's say does that come easily for you it's like the normal way of acting well yes and no I mean uh, yes because it feels natural but no because it's a lot of work at least for me I did a lot of work and still doing a lot of work you know I did a lot of therapy did a lot of retreats a lot of meditation a lot of yeah all sorts of things plant medicine uh, uh, breathing you know everything and mm. really did a lot <laughs> and still doing yeah it's uh, really something that is really ingrained in um, the way I live my life now and when you look back at when you were a 20 year old where you are right now has that has it changed the way you use that gut feeling or your heart or your intuition? Yeah. Um, if I look back, let's say 20 years. Um, if I'm looking back on it now, I can see that I was following that gut feeling. Uh, but I didn't really know. I, I, I couldn't explain Um, and so it, it feels like I'm still doing the same thing, but I'm aware of it now. And um, where uh, during that time, uh, it's also sort of a, a lucky coincidence that I happened to follow that feeling, uh, listen to that voice. There's now it's really my guidance where I know that out of all the voices that there are, this is the one I listen to. And do, do you have a specific uh, practice or thing that you do if you feel that you listen need to listen more carefully? Yeah, for me that's meditation. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and meditation in all shapes and sizes, let's say, um, because I'm not a very Um, yeah how do you say it I'm not I do have a a beautiful spot in my house where I have a little altar and uh, it's the spot where I can sit and meditate Uh, but I hardly ever use that spot so it's more uh, when I wake up uh, and I uh, sit up in bed I have this moment of all right, wait There's a few words of. Uh, was actually a, a, a movie that Wouter, um, my friend, um, showed me. Uh, Muji. He uh, talks about this this practice when you when you wake up, you know, before you go out and touch the world. He mm. says, you know, first see if you can uh, touch the uh, the awareness that you are. Something like it, along those words. And those words really stuck with me. And so every morning that I wake up, when I sit up in bed, or even before I sit up, I have this moment where, okay, I'm here. <laughs> you know, before I, you know, look at the phone and what I'm going to do today. And uh, yeah, so it's it's really in the Beautiful. beginning, the beginning of the day. So th- these little moments. Also, when I'm driving, or little moments where um, sort of coming back to all right, being being aware, not being in the flow of everything that's going on, or what needs to happen, or busy life. Beautiful. And I suppose this was not what you did when you were 20 year old. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it was very different. Yes. 
So how, when looking back, because you, uh, the two of you build a huge company, then you merge with ID and T, and in the end, I think you sold the whole company for 100 million. Um, which, of course, looking from the outside, is a major success. What for you, looking at that whole ride, what is the thing that you are most proud of? Um, well, it's not it's not the sale, right? Being able to sh- to sell it for a for for a big amount of money. I'm more um, proud of how we spent that money uh, because that money built Mandali for instance the retreat center that we have in uh, in the north of Italy uh, that we didn't build with money from banks and uh, we, we built it with the money that we got from the sale so uh, it's completely free from pressure of financial results or you know and also in, if you look at the last period with the lockdown when you're closed and your building has been financed by a bank, then there is a lot of pressure. And then if you're not making enough money, then they're going to look over your shoulder mm-hmm. and say, okay, what are you going to do to solve this problem? It, this is not the interference that we wanted in a, in a project like that. So I'm, I'm more proud of the way we, we spent that money, where we invested it in um, yeah, trying to create beautiful possibilities. Um, it, it's still all very much connected to, to bringing people physically together because apparently that's what we're here to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because it comes back in everything that we that we do. Um, but um, yeah, it's now much more focused on bringing light to the world. Yeah. So so what happened there in between? Because you started out building this dance company, hard style, which from an outsider might be, okay, this is a totally different world than creating a, a spiritual retreat center. So what yeah, happens? It's not that far. Yeah, so can, but can you explain why it's not that far and what happened within you in your own growth that you moved towards that? Um, yeah, why I say it's not that far is, again, that word of freedom, right? Where... Um, yeah, the the hard style, let's say, uh, the music that we we built uh, Q dance on, is um, loved by younger people. Right, the average age of the people in our, our parties was around twenty three, twenty two, twenty three, uh, and the, the I don't know, you've probably listened to it sometime. Mm. It has very high energy, and uh, yeah, it's just you you let go, right? Uh, music and rhythm has always been, uh, I think, a, a way that that people, um, even in the very very early days, right, with the tribes and their drums, and uh, yeah, it's always been a way of of getting in a in a different state and letting go. Um, and maybe getting in a trance, or you know, it's it's a portal. Let's yeah. say can be can be a portal. And um, yeah, so the content of the experience that we're trying to support changed, but the fact that we provide a, 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 a space where people have an experience where they can experience this freedom, whether it be on a dance floor or in a meditation. But it, it's a different aspect maybe of freedom, but it is freedom. Yeah. I get it. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> that- answers uh, half of the question and the, the other half would be um, what did your journey like look like your personal journey in your own growth in your own in, in consciousness in um, getting an interest in different kind of things yeah 
Well, obviously, there's the, the first part, right? Where um, how did I get on this? How did I end up on this journey? Let's say because if I look back, um, let's say again about 20 years. So when we were starting the dance company, um, I had a conversation with my parents in the garden, um, trying to explain why I wanted to do these these parties and. Uh, uh, we were already being a little bit successful then, and uh, and some of my parents asked, "So, what's your plan in life? You know, where where are you going?" And then uh, for me, that was very linear and very um, uh, material, right? So I said, "Okay, so by that age, I want to be a millionaire. By that age, I want to have so many kids." And so that, that was my my picture of uh, of of success, having the house and the and, you know the, the the usual things, let's say. And then, um, yeah, then you you have all those things, and then you feel, yeah, I don't know, this this didn't really bring me exactly what I was expecting hmm. and you know that's when something opened up let's say so that was the, f the first part how did I end up on this this journey and for me the the culmination of that uh, moment uh, was um, when I had a burnout in uh, 2008 so we had the merger and we had uh, the the whole financial crisis and uh, okay I had to take a break for a little while, and um, yeah, it was sort of a meltdown for me, and um, yeah, so a crisis, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, so uh, also an, an opportunity, and uh, for the first three months it didn't feel like that because I really couldn't do anything. I was just uh, yeah sitting at home at the at the kitchen table and. Uh, yeah, just sitting there all day. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't even go out for grocery shopping. Nothing. Didn't want to go out. Nothing. And uh, from that place, yeah, there was there was nothing to lose. Let's say so. There was only possibilities. Yeah. All right. So how are we going to start over? How am I going to start over? And um, yeah, from that, um, because there's obviously there's also how how you get to that point. And if I look back on it, how I got to that point is because I was always listening to my head. I wasn't listening to my heart. Sometimes, because I was following that, that passion of, okay, I want to do these parties, but I was always sort of run by my thoughts. Yeah. And you know how, what it is, the whole thing with thoughts, they mm. never stop, yeah. <laughs> they just keep going. And if you keep on listening to that and you keep on going, then at a certain point, the body says, all right, uh, the battery is dead. And that's what happened. And so from that space, I had this possibility of restarting in a different way and um, having a different guide, let's say. So the guide was no longer the thoughts, but the guide was the heart. Hmm. And, and what inspired you to do that? Um, what the first thing that got me on it was uh, the New Earth, the book by Eckhart Tolle, which was for me sort of the the, the insight, the the game changer. On um, instead of just looking out in the world and reacting to everything that is that is coming to me and sort of being being the victim. Um, and changing that perspective, let's say, to look in, and that was mind-blowing for me. To mm. wait, <laughs> I've been going about this the the wrong way, <laughs> you know. So uh, that that was for me the the the, the big game changer where uh, where it started, yeah. uh, let's say, and it's been a very inspiring journey um, ever since. Beautiful. Yes, like you said, again, a crisis that does the thing. Yeah. So then back to Mandali. So um, 
you sold the company, some money was coming in, and then the two of you, Wouter, and you had the idea to create a center. How, how did that emerge? Um, I, I remember which, because it was another crisis, I remember, I don't remember exactly which crisis it was, but, but, but I remember there was an interview, then there was something huge going on somewhere in the world. And there was an interview with a guy, um, I think he did something with, I don't remember which company it was, but he did something with packages, delivering packages. And um, he said, yeah, I deliver packages. And uh, so if there's a crisis there and uh, people need something, give it to me and I'll bring it, you know, because that's what I do. I deliver packages. And that simplicity was so inspiring that um, this is something that stuck with with us and um, so we thought okay so what do we do so then it's the simplicity of his his own essence of what he does yeah, yeah. and then but then to use that um, not just to uh, make money or uh, make shareholders happy or whatever but You know, that it, how can I put that to good use? Mm, mm. Right? How can I um, use that, what we do, right? Everybody does something else, uh, something different. But everything that we do can be put to good use, right? Can, yeah. uh, can be um, used at service, let's say, for the greater good or for people in need or, you know. And so that simplicity really inspired us. And so we thought, okay, what is it that we do? We, we uh, are able to um, organize that people get to a place and there we support an experience. And so uh, we were going on a couple of retreats already, met a couple of teachers, um, and they sort of seemed to to be of a, a specific kind of people you know who had renounced all um, normal things that you would want to have in society so they didn't have a house they didn't have a mortgage they you know they were sort of i live here and then i have a bank account in a different country and i don't pay taxes and yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> that thing and then we were going on a on a retreat Um, in India back then and there was the big mudslides um, and, and it almost didn't happen the retreat because you know it was quite a serious uh, situation there um, and um, I remember we were at a certain point in the car with uh, on a field trip with uh, with the teacher and um, got to talking and she was explaining you know i'm gonna stop doing this because you know i have all this headache and i don't have an insurance and oh my god how am i going to do this you know and that's where something sparked for us said, okay maybe we can help these kind of people because we were very inspired by their determination of uh, sharing what they knew to help other people to to mm. um, find also their sense of purpose and freedom in the world so instead of djs you put teachers in the lineup yes <laughs> something like that well now our idea was actually that okay we, we can create a, a small foundation ah, uh, mm -hmm. where we have a little team who can support people like that to organize their stuff so they can focus on the content That's where this whole idea, this is also how Mandali, because that was the question, right? How did Mandali uh, yeah. come about? And so we started organizing these retreats for a few of these teachers. And um, when we did that for a while, um, our sort of business sense came, in, came into the picture and we were looking at How much money are we spending on renting all these places? How much energy goes in? And then what's the output? You know, uh, we organized maybe 10, 10, 10, 15 retreats in a year. Uh, different countries, different venues. There was a lot of energy going in where in the end, yeah, 
they weren't very big, the retreats. It was beautiful work, what we were doing, but something didn't seem right. Um, so uh, this is where the idea was sparked to say, um, maybe if we have our own place and instead of paying all that money to renting different venues, we pay it towards a mortgage. That was the idea at the time because we didn't have any money. Uh, if we spend that on a, on a mortgage, you know, then we can buy a house, a big house somewhere in France. And instead of doing 10, 15 retreats, now all of a sudden with the same money and the same effort, but with more focus, we can do 50. Right, so it, 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 it was more, it made more sense. Yeah. We can do more with the same amount of money and energy. Uh, and so this is where the idea was born, let's say. And uh, yeah, so we went on a quest to find the, 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 the spot where we were going to build something or buy something. And um, yeah, in the end, um, we found this this place in uh, in Italy on the top of the hill overlooking the lake beautiful monastic magical <laughs> monastic place uh, but there was an old hotel there it had been abandoned for 10 years and uh, yeah we didn't have any money so we, we we came up that mountain and we saw the whole thing and said, oh my god we're never going to be able to afford building turning this place into something that that you know that we envision and so we walked away and it was a very long process but um, yeah in the end it was meant to be there that spot because we went on looking for a different place we couldn't find it um, they were trying to sell the place and yeah, didn't happen. Mm. So in the end, we got back together and said, okay, so is it still for sale? Yes, yeah, still for sale. You're still looking? Yeah, we're still looking. So all right, th this is the place. And um, yeah, then we, we um, borrowed money from a friend to buy the land. And again, there, there was this sort of determination and trust that even if we're going to have to spend the next 25 or 30 years putting all our dividends from the company into building this place, someday our retreat center is going to be here. And uh, one and a half years later, we sold the company and we could just afford to, to build the place. So it was really a case of energy follows intention. And you paid for it yourself, right? It's not, yeah. Why was that? Uh, well, I, I touched upon it briefly earlier that uh, we wanted to be free, right? And it had to come from a different place where um, normally, you know, when you invest your money in, in, in a place, um, there is always this sense of, uh, all right, so what is going to be the return, right? It's, it's ingrained in the whole financial system. Yeah. And so uh, if you finance something uh, with, with a bank uh, and uh, you're not doing as well as you hoped, and especially for a not-for-profit, because this, this is an, our idea with this whole center is not-for-profit, right? It's, there's a different uh, vision there. It's not to make money. It's to bring light to the world. So the, the money is only a thing that we need to keep it going. That's mm -hmm. it. And um, yeah, if, if the bank is involved and uh, yeah, if I look at the, the uh, we started in 2017, so it was 17, 18, 19, we were really uh, climbing, let's say, was really doing well. And then 2020 would be the first year where we didn't put, uh, have to put extra money in, yeah. right? Where it could sort of be self-sustainable. And then COVID happened and we had to close. Yeah. If we had built it with a bank and we had financed and that we would have been in a very, very different place. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it has given us the freedom to operate it in whatever way we see fit. And there is also, and the word freedom keeps coming back, there's also a sense of freedom in if you 
yeah, we put the money there and we just sort of said goodbye to the money. So, okay, it's there. And we even wrote down in the in the in the bylaws of the of the foundation that it cannot be used for anything else as a retreat center, and it cannot uh, be sold. So it has to remain within the foundation, and it has to remain a retreat center, because we hope that it uh, that it will outlast us and even our kids. Right? That it will just continue to be there. Beautiful. Where are you at right now with the retreat center? What are you working on? What are your your plans? Because it's there. It's been running for several years. Of course, we had this lockdown yet to close. Um, I remember I, I, I we talked to each other back then. I had a retreat over there. I was already in Italy, and then we had to cancel <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it on that same morning. Yeah. I had, by the way, it was my most beautiful weekend of the whole year. I created my own retreat, and I came home with beautiful insights. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the place definitely uh, had an impact on that. Um, yeah, you chose a very uh, interesting moment <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be there. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I know the participants were not happy with it because last minute we had to, yeah, sure. to, to, to cancel. But for me, it felt like, okay, but this had to happen. Yeah. Uh, I needed this weekend for myself to uh, sink into myself and get to certain realizations uh, in this beautiful surrounding. Yeah, so it was a big present for me. Um, but what are you working on right now? Well, one of the reasons why uh, I, was, I also wanted to talk today is um, because I know you have this whole uh, community of, of entrepreneurs um, uh, where, yeah, this subject that we're talking about, right, uh, having a sense of purpose and, uh, and how to bring that into your company and uh, create sort of a shared purpose also with all the people that are working in your company. So there, there is a, a bigger energy accumulated behind that, that, that vision and that goal. Uh, that's a, a project that we're working on right now. It's called Conscious Leadership Series. Uh, so that's a, a, a aimed at entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is something that um, that we're working on right now in a, a few different aspects. So we have the Conscious Leadership Series and then we're working on also a leadership retreat uh, specifically for women. Um, so from different sides, let's yeah. say we're trying to also bring a little bit of this um, a sense of purpose and freedom and uh, something extra, let's say, mm. um, Besides, also creating shareholder value and 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 you know growing your company, and, but but to add something to that, you know, yeah. why are you doing that? And uh, because I, I know how fulfilling that that is, right? To to do that. Obviously, Mandali, Mandali is maybe not the best um, example there because it's it, it, it's it's. Uh, because that's really not for profit, right? Yeah. That's, that's just mm. giving it away, which is maybe not the most um, sustainable way of, of doing that into the future. So we're looking into new projects as well, where we're going to do this a little bit differently. But uh, yeah, to, to, to bring that to the attention of some of the people in your in your network, that if they're interested, you know, we have a couple of these uh, projects in Mandali where, uh, yeah, could be interesting. Can you shine light, shine light on one of the, the, the retreats or projects that, is, that are happening that are interested for leaders and entrepreneurs? Yeah, with, with the Conscious Leadership Series is something we're doing in, uh, in cooperation with the Conscious Business uh, Institute in uh, California. Um, and um, the founder of uh, Conscious Business uh, Institute, uh, Peter Matisse. He used to be a big uh, venture capitalist for uh, Apex uh, Partners, a big, uh, big firm. And uh, yeah, same kind of story, obviously, where uh, yeah, he wasn't feeling fulfilled, etc. And uh, seeing how many companies are dysfunctional and from that uh, space um, he said okay I'm going to quit the company and uh, yeah founded the Conscious Business Institute uh, and they're uh, working with um, a lot of big companies like Twitter and BMW and uh, Starbucks and 
so um, quite serious. And uh, so this guy is. Uh, we became friends and uh, yeah, have a sort of a shared uh, vision in that we want to bring this to uh, to entrepreneurs and people because we believe that it can have a ripple effect, right, with your company and your and the people that you work with and uh, the, the companies that you work with. So, but uh, it starts with us and then it ripples out mm-hmm. very very far. So, um, yeah, together with him, we created this series, let's say. And this is the third that we're going to organize now in uh, next October. But it's an ongoing thing. And we have new yeah. th- new themes uh, also that we try to explore a little bit. It's very small groups. So uh, there's a maximum of 30 people who can attend. So it's a very uh, intimate setting with yeah. a lot of direct attention. With um, Yeah sharing uh, but also having uh, the possibility of having one-to-one uh, talks with uh, Peter he's he's leading also the he's leading the retreat um, and then we have some co-hosts which change every time and this time his uh, ex-wife is uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, is, uh, the co-host but uh, now it's very interesting great how can people find this? Uh, do you have a website where they can have a look at? Yeah, it's mandali.org. Mandali.org. And it's just mentioned in the agenda, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a different, uh, there's a um, uh, specific, uh, if you go to retreats, there's leadership. And then you see the Conscious Leadership Series. Yeah. And you can read all about it. Uh, some uh, background into what we're going to do, what the program looks like, and uh, a little background information also on the, on the, on the group leaders. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, and if people are not able to, to join one of these retreats, I definitely recommend to uh, to go to Mandali anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I know Always some welcome. people, that they don't care about the retreat or what I retreat was giving. They just want to see Mandali and what this wondrous thing on that mountaintop is. Yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me and uh, yeah, it was a nice conversation. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. If you like this video, please press like, share or comment below. For more content about living and creating from your essence, subscribe to this channel and of course the Awake Origins mailing list.